0: president has the right to withdraw an ambassador at any time, but what I do wonder is why it was necessary to smear my reputation.
1: Because that's what he does.
2: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. It ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how i get down the stairs. To the left me, to the right Here I am Stuck in the middle with you Yep Yes, I'm stuck in the middle
1: From with Pacifica you. Radio in Los Angeles This oh, is the broadcast As heard do. on KPFK 90.7 FM, so FM in, so in LA Also in California In Red Bluff and Redding On KFOI Round Mountains KKRN And Eureka's KGOE In Oregon on the Central Coast On KYAQ In Cottage Grove on KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP. Out in Grand Rapids on WPRR, down in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Jamesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk Blanketing, Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker and all around swell fellow says me from Bradblog.com here once again with our special impeachment coverage of one Donald J. Trump as former U.S. Ukraine ambassador Marie Yovanovitch provided chilling detail on Friday, according to AP, in the second day of impeachment hearings of Donald J. Trump concerning Uh, Being suddenly ousted from her post and feeling threatened, threatened upon learning that the president of the United States had denounced her in a July phone call with Ukraine's president. In that call, a rough transcript of which was released back in September after a whistleblower's complaint, Trump assailed her as the woman, describing her as bad news and said she was going to go through some things. Joining us, of course, is the woman who is always bad news, Desi Doyen. Hi, Des. <laughs> hey. Another uh, bad news woman, Heather Digby Parton, will be joining us shortly to, make, to help us try to make sense of all of this. Ambassador Yovanovich, like the uh, two uh, that testified on Wednesday, the two diplomats, Ambassador Bill Taylor and Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent, She is also another longtime nonpartisan career professional member of the Foreign Service Corps. In her case, uh, for 33 years, beginning with her service under Ronald Reagan and continuing under a total of five presidents, three Republican, two Democratic. She was for nearly three years the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine until she was summarily dismissed without explanation by Donald Trump and recalled after being told that she should catch the next plane out of there. This came shortly after the election of Ukraine's new president, Volodymyr Zelensky, back in April of this year. In an extraordinary moment during Friday's testimony, Trump himself went after the ambassador personally again, even after she uh, spoke, tweeting from the White House that everywhere she had served had, quote, Turned bad. Everywhere Marie Yovanovitch went turned bad. Trump tweeted as she testified under oath uh, Friday uh, to Congress. Quote, she started off in Somalia. How did that go? He seemed to blame her for the problems in Somalia. Uh, We'll have more on that in a bit when we're joined by Heather Digby Parton to try and make sense of it. Uh, And what happened in day two of the public impeachment hearings? This is just the fourth time in American history that the House of Representatives has launched such proceedings. The investigation centers on whether Trump pushed uh, Ukraine officials to investigate his political rivals and withhold $391 million in military aid, as he did for nearly two months. And whether that amounted to abuse of power, a charge that he and Republicans vigorously deny or are trying to. Or as Democrats are calling it bribery. They have now begun uh, to discuss the possibility that bribery could, in fact, be one of the articles of impeachment that they may bring against the president. After Trump's tweet on Friday, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, swiftly intervened halting the uh, questioning to read the president's comments out loud to the witness as uh, as as Americans were following all of this during a live broadcast across the country. Uh, But as I say, more on all of that and what Adam Schiff, a former prosecutor himself, characterized as attempted witness intimidation. In the middle of today's hearings. So we'll have some uh, extended excerpts from uh, Yovanovich's testimony shortly in a moment here. But first, there was some other concurrently and, yes, relatedly breaking news that occurred today as well. Helpfully, it came during a break in the impeachment testimony in the House Intelligence Committee on Friday. Uh, Roger Stone, the longtime friend and ally of President Donald Trump, was found guilty of witness tampering and lying to Congress about his pursuit of Russian hacked emails damaging to Hillary Clinton's 2016 election bid. Stone was convicted on all seven counts in an indictment that accused him of lying to Congress, tampering with a witness and obstructing the House investigation into whether the Trump campaign coordinated with Russia to tip the 2016 election. So remember, when Trump and Republicans like to say there was no collusion, no coordination, well, in fact, the Mueller report shows the opposite of that. But any lack of hard-smoking guns in that affair may certainly be due to the repeated obstruction of justice At least 10 such instances by Trump himself that was detailed in the Mueller report and, of course, the obstruction that folks like Roger Stone and other Trump associates have now been found guilty of. Uh, Why work so hard to obstruct if there was nothing there to worry about? Why has one Trump uh, buddy after another now been sentenced to federal prison? Stone is the sixth Trump aide or advisor to be convicted of charges brought as part of special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. He has denied wrongdoing, has consistently criticized the case against him as being politically motivated. I guess politically motivated by Donald Trump's Department of Justice. He did not take the stand during his own trial. That was probably a good idea. His lawyers did not call any witnesses in his defense. That was probably also a good idea because I'm not sure who they would have called. Scheduling for sentencing in his case uh, is set for February 6th as uh, he was released pending that sentencing. Stone, who is 67 years old, could face up to 20 years in prison if, of course, he does not receive a pardon from his close friend, The president of the United States that could happen potentially at any time now. Remember, he pardoned his pal, uh, former Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio after his conviction, but before he was even sentenced. So I'd uh, put both him and former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn at the very least right now on Pardon Watch. Am I out of bounds to suggest that, Desi Doyle? Oh, no,
3: no. I think anything is possible (laughs) these days. With
1: this guy. uh, In a trial uh, that lasted about a week, witnesses highlighted how Trump campaign associates were eager to gather information about emails that the U.S. says were hacked by Russia and then provided to WikiLeaks. In fact, Steve Bannon, who served as the campaign's chief executive, testified during the trial that Stone had boasted about his ties to WikiLeaks and its founder, Julian Assange, alerting them to pending new batches of damaging emails. Campaign officials saw Stone as the access point to WikiLeaks, according to Bannon. Earlier testimony revealed that uh, Stone, while appearing before the House Intelligence Committee, named a a guy by the name of Randy Credico, a New York uh, radio host and comedian, as being his intermediary to uh, Julian Assange, and pressured Credico not to contradict him, even though Credico, yes, contradicted him. After he was contacted, Credico, by Congress, he reached out to Stone, who told him that he should stonewall them and, quote, plead the fifth. Credico also testified during Stone's trial that Stone had repeatedly told him to do a Frank Pentangeli that's a reference to the character in The Godfather, part two, who lies before Congress once his uh, family is threatened by Godfather Mike Corleone. Uh, prosecutors said Stone had also threatened Credico, uh, Credico's dog, saying that he was going to take that dog away from you. He also said at one point in the uh, text messages to Credico, quote, prepare to dry- to die. Expletive that I can't say on the radio. Uh, This is the sort of now convicted felon that Donald Trump has been palling around with for years and today in uh, still more related breaking news about another fine fellow that Donald Trump has been palling around with. The man who is actually very much at the center of this Ukraine business, Rudy Giuliani. According to Wall Street Journal, he is now personally under criminal investigation for a deal in Ukraine that ties to his attempted attacks on Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Uh, Federal prosecutors, the uh, Journal reports in New York, are now investigating whether Rudy Giuliani stood to personally profit from a Ukrainian natural gas business pushed by two associates, who uh, also aided his efforts there to launch investigations that could benefit Donald Trump. Uh, in an interview on Friday, Giuliani vehemently denied any involvement uh, with this energy company. This was uh, plans for a Poland-Ukraine to pipeline carrying U.S. natural gas that, his, uh, that Giuliani's associates, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, who have been arrested, This was their new company. They were trying to get this uh, and uh, Giuliani was reportedly trying to help them and being now investigated criminally for that action. Uh, All ironic enough, uh, perhaps not ironic at all, really uh, just connecting some dots here amidst Giuliani and Trump's efforts to try and declare corruption was at the root of Joe Biden's son Hunter's position at a Ukraine natural gas company. At least if I understand all of this correctly, I don't know if you do. Good luck Uh, for now. However, Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal is the only one reporting on this exclusive, so I suspect we'll hear more about it in the days ahead. But for today, in the ongoing impeachment hearings, as all of these other things were going on in the background, Trump's ousted U.S. ambassador gave at times riveting testimony about her frightening and unceremonious and unexplained removal from her post in Ukraine earlier this year. Ambassador Yovanovitch's parents fled both uh, Soviet Russia and Nazi Germany. She became known as a longtime anti-corruption champion in Ukraine and at her other posts during her long career. In her opening statement, she discussed she discussed the smear campaign led by Rudy Giuliani and those associates with several Ukrainian officials long regarded as highly corrupt by the U.S. joining into that smear campaign, which was ultimately joined by the president of the United States himself as she was removed from her post earlier this year. And uh, she was smeared once again in that call with Zelensky in July when he described her as very bad news and threatened that she was going to ghost through some things.
0: What continues to amaze me is that they found Americans willing to partner with them and working together. They apparently succeeded in orchestrating the removal of a U.S. ambassador. How could our system fail like this? How is it that foreign corrupt interests could manipulate our government? Which country's interests are served when the very corrupt behavior we have been criticizing is allowed to prevail? Such conduct undermines the US, exposes our friends, and widens the playing field for autocrats like President Putin. Our leadership depends on the power of our example and the consistency of our purpose. Both have now been opened to question.
1: Ambassador Yovanovitch went on to detail the public smear campaign against her earlier this year, even after her tour had originally been extended in Ukraine by the Trump administration.
0: After being asked by the Undersecretary of State for political affairs in early March 2019 to extend my tour until 2020, the smear campaign against me entered a new public phase in the United States. In the wake of the negative press, state department officials suggested an earlier departure and we agreed upon July 2019. I was then abruptly told, just weeks later in late April, to come back to Washington from Ukraine on the next plane. At the time I departed, Ukraine had just concluded game-changing presidential elections. It was a sensitive period with much at stake for the United States and called for all the experience and expertise we could muster. When I returned to the United States, Deputy Secretary of State Sullivan told me there had been a concerted campaign against me, that the President no longer wished me to serve as ambassador to Ukraine, and that, in fact, the President had been pushing for my removal since the prior summer. As Mr. Sullivan recently recounted during his Senate confirmation hearing, Neither he nor anyone else ever explained or sought to justify the President's concerns about me, nor did anyone in the department justify my early departure by suggesting I had done something wrong. I appreciate that Mr. Sullivan publicly affirmed at his hearing that I had served capably and admirably. Although then and now I have always understood that I served at the pleasure of the President, I still find it difficult to comprehend that foreign and private interests were able to undermine U.S. interests in this way. Individuals who apparently felt stymied by our our efforts to promote stated U.S. policy against corruption, that is to do our mission, were able to successfully conduct a campaign of disinformation against a sitting ambassador using unofficial back channels. As various witnesses have recounted, they shared baseless allegations with the president And convinced him to remove his ambassador, despite the fact that the State Department fully understood that the allegations were false and the sources highly suspect.
1: Once again, that's Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch in her opening testimony on Friday in the U.S. House Intelligence Committee. uh, She then offered some thoughts on the crisis of confidence that is now playing out within the State Department in light of all of these events and uh, um, amidst the Trump administration's ongoing hollowing out of the U.S. State Department and the Foreign Service around the world.
0: At the closed deposition, I expressed grave concerns about the degradation of the Foreign Service over the past few years and the failure of State Department leadership to push back as foreign and corrupt interests apparently hijacked our Ukraine policy. I remain disappointed that the department's leadership and others have declined to acknowledge that the attacks against me and others are dangerously wrong. This is about far, far more than me or a couple of individuals. As foreign service professionals are being denigrated and undermined, the institution is also being degraded. This will soon cause real harm if it hasn't already. The State Department as a tool of foreign policy often doesn't get the same kind of attention or even respect as the military might of the Pentagon. But we are, as they say, the pointy end of the spear. If we lose our edge, the U.S. will inevitably have to use other tools even more than it does today. And those other tools are blunter, more expensive, and not universally effective. Moreover, the attacks are leading to a crisis in the State Department as the policy process is visibly unraveling. Leadership vacancies go unfilled, and senior and mid-level officers ponder an uncertain future. The crisis has moved from the impact on individuals to an impact on the institution itself. The State Department is being hollowed out from within at a competitive and complex time on the world stage. This is not a time to undercut our diplomats. It is the responsibility of the department's leaders to stand up for the institution and the individuals who make that institution still today the most effective diplomatic force in the world. And Congress has a responsibility to reinvest in our diplomacy. That's an investment in our national security. It's an investment in our future, in our children's future.
1: All of this, I guess, is making America great again as Yovanovitch finds herself attacked by the White House as a pretext for moving her out of the way so the White House could carry out their corrupt scheme of strong-arming Ukraine using nearly $400 million in taxpayer-funded military aid to buy the cooperation of Ukraine's new government in helping Donald Trump attack his 2020 political rivals. Yes, it is as mad as it sounds, but it got still madder in the middle of today's hearings as Donald Trump attempted to intimidate Ivanovich yet again. We'll get to all of that and much more with Heather Digby Parton after another crazy day in the U.S. House of Representatives impeachment hearings of Donald J. Trump. That's next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah i am an ordinary guy and they were burning down the house the u.s house today welcome back to the broadcast and our special impeachment hearing coverage as we try to make sense of friday's testimony from the ousted u.s ambassador to ukraine marie Ivanovich after 33 years of service Ousted with no explanation and amid what we have now learned was an attempt to get the virulent anti-corruption ambassador out of Ukraine in hopes of making way for a corrupt strong arming or uh, or what uh, Democrats are now describing as a bribery scheme to withhold hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars earmarked for military assistance to Ukraine amid That country's ongoing war with Russian backed separatists in the East, which has resulted in the death so far of some 14,000 Ukrainians, also, that Donald Trump could uh, have the Ukrainians announce some bogus investigations against his 2020 political rival, Joe Biden, and his uh, son, Hunter Biden, and uh, a scheme regarding Ukraine's involvement in the 2016 uh, election. So anyway, yes, we need help making sense of this. Joining us now once again to help us try and make some sense here is our old friend and now impeachment hearing correspondent Heather Digby Parton, longtime contributor to Salon, proprietor of Digby's Hullabaloo blog, and yes, winner of the Hillman Prize for Opinion and Analysis Journalism as well as a fellow West Coaster who is probably already exhausted like we are by today's 5 a.m. wake-up call for hearings. Hey, Digby, welcome back.
2: Thanks
4: for having me, Brad. And, yes, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yes. I, why don't they think of us? I, Adam Schiff and Devin Nunes are both from California. California. But they I should know. know better.
1: They should, of course. <laughs> uh, but they don't, and I think it's only going to get worse in the days ahead. So buckle up, buttercup. Uh, <laughs> all right, lots to, uh, lots to cover today on the impeachment hearing. But before we do, in related news, uh, as we noted at the top of the show, Donald Trump's longtime protege, Roger Stone, was found guilty of On all seven counts on which he was standing trial in federal criminal court, Uh, he was charged with lying to Congress about his contacts with WikiLeaks during the 2016 election, obstruction of justice, witness tampering, which, yes, uh, threatening a witness came up again today in the impeachment hearings, as does obstruction of justice. All of these charges against Stone relate to Russia's alleged efforts to help Donald Trump win the 2016 election. Now, Heather, we have not been covering this Roger Stone uh, trial much on this show because he's sort of Looney Tunes. He's a longtime... um, We'll call him Dirty Trickster because this is FCC Radio. Uh, going back to going back to Nixon, what should we take from uh, Roger Stone, one of Trump's oldest supporters, being found guilty uh, on all seven charges brought by federal prosecutors today?
4: Well, I mean, first of all, I would take issue with the idea that that Stone is is uh, Trump's protege. I think in many ways it's the other way around. <laughs> okay. uh, Stone had been, you know goes all the way back to the Nixon years, yeah. and was a partner with. Uh, Paul Manafort mm-hmm. and a guy named Lee Atwater, who was mm-hmm. the ultimate dirty campaigner back in the nineteen eighties. They had a partnership um, back in the eighties. They were sort of, you know, a, I guess political, um, you know, strategists for mm-hmm. Republicans back in the early eighties. So he goes way back in politics, long before Donald Trump ever got involved. And yeah. so he has been one of Trump's closest political advisors for many years, and was was, ab, was known to be one of the people who had uh, promoted him heavily for office, going all the way back to 2000, when he first ran under the Reform Party, and mm-hmm. then, you know, sort of dropped out after a couple of speeches up in New Hampshire. Even,
1: even case, though Roger Stone never actually officially joined the, uh, no. the the Trump campaign, he was sort of his outside, well, his outside dirty trickster, I guess.
4: Exactly, it gave him a lot more room to maneuver to do the things that he's really good at. I mean, the guy has Richard Nixon tattooed on his back, so I think we know yeah, literally, literally, yeah, it's not exactly. a joke. I yeah. mean, that's that's actually for real. Right, uh, he's got a whole room in his house, a, a shrine yeah. to Richard Nixon. So, you know, this is a guy who who's. You know, it, he's known for, for being a purveyor of the dark arts, to put it nicely. <laughs> there you
2: go. Um,
4: in any case, he uh, he, he this, this case is actually important. He is a Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. But he revealed some things that we didn't know before that came out in this trial that are important in terms of the bigger context of what, what Donald Trump has been up to and apply even to the impeachment today. And that is that Roger Stone was in, you know, what... The the campaign believed that Don, that Roger Stone was in direct contact with WikiLeaks.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, they were they believed they were colluding with with WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump was was known. Was, there were witnesses. Uh, Rick Gates, who mm-hmm. was Paul Manafort's deputy, testified on the stand that he had uh, he, he had heard Trump and Roger Stone on the phone. Talking about WikiLeaks, mm-hmm. so uh, and and they and, and Steve Bannon, who you know he was there under duress apparently, uh, but he did testify that they assumed that he was the conduit to WikiLeaks. They planned their campaign with WikiLeaks dumps as part of it. That's collusion. It may not be a legal conspiracy, an mm-hmm. illegal conspiracy. But it is, and a lot of that stuff was left out of the Mueller report because
2: of this ongoing case.
1: Because of the obstruction that uh, was also going on uh, by Roger Stone, which he was found guilty of. Uh, Of course, we know about the obstruction of, of, uh, of Trump in that affair as well, some 10 different instances that... Robert Mueller uh, detailed in his report. Stone now is about the what the sixth or seventh top Trump yep. associate to be found uh, or to plead guilty, including campaign manager Paul Manafort, uh, his partner and and transition official Rick Gates. Of course, his national security advisor, Michael Flynn, his attorney, Michael Cohen, his campaign advisor, George Papadopoulos, most for lying to federal investigators, to prosecutors and to Congress. So, uh, Heather, if these people did nothing wrong, why do they keep lying to federal <laughs> investigators and to Congress?
4: Well, that's a good question, isn't it? And, of course, you know, I mean, here you have Roger Stone doing it, even recently. Mm-hmm knowing full well that half the, you know his old partner Paul Manafort is sitting in jail right now. Yeah. Now, some of this has to do, I think, with the idea that they have a president in the White House who will pardon them if they are accused of anything, so they don't feel as compelled, perhaps, mm-hmm. to tell the truth and save themselves, because they think they're going to be saved by Donald Trump, and they may very well be. Uh, Trump today, when, when the news came out that Stone was found guilty on all counts, And all these counts were were lying and obstructing type counts Mm -hmm. as well to Congress and to investigators. And in fact, the fact that I should just digress just a bit, the fact that he was convicted of lying to Congress is extremely important to what's going on right now. There's a man named Gordon Sondland Mm -hmm. who's about to uh, testify next week before Congress whose story has been... Ev- it, I'll be nice about it. It's been evolving. <laughs> yes. Um. So it may want to evolve a little bit more after seeing <laughs> what happened, evolve a little bit more, because yeah. you know, what they, he just saw happen to Roger Stone could easily happen to him. Yeah. He's, he's going to... He's facing a... You know, an actual jail sentence for this, and and I kind of doubt that Donald Trump will pardon Gordon Sondland. I don't think he cares at all. Yeah, and I about don't think him.
1: And I don't think Sondland's going to go to the mat for Donald Trump no. the way that uh, the way that Roger Stone has or is trying to. Now he loves, you know, to play the the tough guy, Roger Stone. Uh, in truth, mm-hmm. I don't think he's actually so tough. Uh, is is there any chance? And this is the last question, on Roger Stone. We'll move back. We'll move on to Yovanovich, But uh, is there any chance? I know he's hoping for a pardon, obviously, but, you know, uh, that may not come right away. Is there any chance that he might now uh, flip, turn into, as he likes to describe, a rat or a stoolie in uh, using language he uses uh, against the president rather than serve years in prison or at least start serving years in prison? Uh, I could actually see that happen. Am I crazy?
4: No, you're not crazy. I mean, uh, you know, I think the assumption is that, oh, he's loyal to the end. You know, he's going to be the G. Gordon Liddy of this particular uh, impeachment Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, Liddy went to jail, I think, for for a long, long time, years or something, because he refused to to roll over like all the rest of of Nixon's uh, accomplices. Um, but uh, you know stone is an older guy mm-hmm. i don't know how much time he has he doesn't have any money
2: right
4: and uh you know if trump doesn't step up uh, right away cuz trump can pardon him whenever right i mm-hmm. mean he can pardon him right now if he wants to if he doesn't step up i mean stone may feel like hey i've only got you know i've got my one life left and also remember He's a backstabbing, dirty trickster, (laughs) a rat-effer, and, I mean, he defines the term. So, you know, the idea that he's some stand-up guy who's going to, you know, man, I I just couldn't do it to my guy Trump. I mean, I don't know, is there anybody he wouldn't stab in the back? So I wouldn't necessarily assume if I were Donald Trump that, you know, Stone's going to stand tough. So Trump will have a big decision to make, whether or not, I mean, it will send shockwaves. I mean, I think people expect it. But on the other hand, you know, that is a very hard thing to spin in the middle of an impeachment.
1: Yeah, well, he's got to Trump's got to impeach him quickly at this point to send that message that, hey, I'll take care of you, Roger. You mean pardon? Uh, what did I say? Impeach. Oh, imp- no, he's got to pardon him quickly <laughs> because he's in the middle of an uh, but but he's in the middle of an impeachment. It's not going to look real good if he does pardon this guy before he's even right. sentenced, uh, which is not supposed to happen, I think, until February 6th or something is the sentencing date. So, uh, yeah, we'll have more to cover on him, I suspect, in the days ahead because this could be, could be very interesting. On to Ambassador Yvonne testimony on Friday, Heather. Why was her testimony? Why was it important to these impeachment proceedings in what is now being uh, characterized by Democrats uh, as a as a bribery scheme by the president?
4: Well, from what she said, and we knew this from her written testimony that we saw in the the the, the, the uh, depositions uh, that she gave. But it, it, her, first of all, just on a, purely performative level. Mm -hmm. She was a very credible witness. I mean, this is obviously a professional woman. She's been doing this for many years. She, you know, came across as very believable. She didn't take any of the bait that the Republicans threw at her Mm -hmm. to turn her into a partisan hack. She just, you know, she was a very straight arrow um, uh, type of person. And uh, so I think she came up very Mm -hmm. well. But what the story that she told was about how they had... To get rid of her because she was an impediment to their um, plot mm-hmm. <laughs> to to enlist the uh, u- new Ukrainian president mm-hmm. um, to uh, you know to to smear Joe Biden and the 2016 DNC uh, you know election scheme. So you know she she was there to sort of give context of what was happening during this period. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they were kind of, you know, she she didn't know. I mean, she was sitting there going, hey, I'm just doing my job. And her job was to actually, uh, you know, try and help the new Ukrainian government and the old Ukrainian government, for that matter, to get rid of some of these corrupt officials who uh, Donald Trump and his cronies, Rudy Giuliani and the rest, were actually trying to re empower. Yeah. In other words, they were trying to get the corrupt people back in power so that they could use them for their own purposes S- that Yovanovitch had just spent years trying to help the, the honest people in government get rid of. So yeah. they had to get rid of her uh, before they could proceed with their plot.
1: And, and she was sort of, she was, uh, I think, appointed. Well, she's been serving for like five presidents, three Republicans, two Democrats. I think she was appointed to Ukraine by by Obama, but was then held over for another year or two. Do I uh, understand yes, that? Yes, she was
3: yep. asked to extend her service right before they fired By
1: her. the Trump administration. By the Trump asked administration. Asked to extend, yeah. So, will this story uh, be clear, though? I wonder, and I thought it was riveting today, and we'll get to one of the most riveting parts in a second here, but will the story be clear to the American people as to You know why she was there, why her testimony is important, because the GOP, the Republicans, you know, they were pointing out, well, she wasn't there at the time of the July 25 phone call with the president of Ukraine or when the missiles were withheld as part of Trump's strong arm bribery scheme. So she knows nothing at all about anything that Trump is actually being impeached for. So why was she even there? I didn't watch too much Fox News today, but I suspect that's going to be one of their lines.
4: Well, look, I mean, in fact, I did a piece for Salon um, on Friday Mm -hmm. about Fox News and how they're covering this. And it's just an alternate universe. They're lost. There's no point in even worrying about whether or not they understand anything because they are going out of their way to create an entirely different alternate reality about what's going on. Um, So I don't expect anybody who watches Fox News to understand anything real about what is going on with this. As for everyone else, I think what's happening here, and I think I think we need to just kind of step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're they're building a case, and and it's like any kind of pro, this is like the grand jury, right? Where they're just sort of they're getting the witnesses on the record. They're building the you know they're trying to show the context. And yes, there is a public aspect to this. We're all watching it. The analysts and the pundits are all kind of breaking it down. But at the ultimately, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is they're going to they're, they're going to move all this stuff over to the judiciary committee they're Mm -hmm. going to have even more hearings and they're going to vote there to see whether or not this warrants impeachment Mm -hmm. they'll give some speeches they'll vote out impeachment and then it's going to go to the senate and that's where they're going to be charged with putting this storyline together in a way that sort of you know kind of summarizes the narrative that we're sort of seeing that people like us and people like your listeners who are listening closely and following closely, we do get the story. We understand what's going on. But for those people who are just sort of maybe peripherally paying attention and, geez, what's going on, mm-hmm. who's this woman, what's she talking about, I think at that point there there's going to be a uh, a much stronger narrative about what, you know, uh, specifically what her role was, what all the, the, why they called these people, I guess is what I'm trying the- to say. There's a reason they're calling them, and that will become clear in an actual trial, which will take place in the Senate.
1: One thing that jumped out at me today uh, from the um, from her testimony was, you know, sort of at the heart of this, it seems that everyone, even even many of the Republicans on the panel uh, in the Intelligence Committee uh, on Friday recognize that yovanovich has been an anti-corruption champion in ukraine where you know she had served in that capacity for about three years but this we have this concerted campaign to remove her this smear campaign in what is now they're trying to paper over as sort of nothing more than you know donald trump's interest in ending corruption in ukraine well these two things cannot be true at the same time you can't be interested in getting rid of, you know, rooting out corruption in the country and get rid of the anti-corruption ambassador who was in charge of, you know, fighting corruption in Ukraine. Uh, So that seems to be, uh, that's going to need some splainin'. But the other side of this is that the, you know, the entire hearing is a nothing burger because the president can remove any ambassador for any reason that he or she chooses which came up again and again and she admitted was the case.
3: Yes, and you know, uh, the Republicans, of course, did say an ambassador can be removed at any time. Yeah. You're not a direct witness to any of the stuff that the re- that the Democrats are saying is the important thing. But it was clear that she was a threat to Trump. Otherwise, why did they try to remove her? Why was there this smear campaign? So I, I think that there is a uh, a direct line that can be drawn from the fact that the GOP did not once at any time try to counter the argument of why she was removed right. and when she was was removed. Right. Timing is key.
1: Right, you know what, um, Heather? You got any thoughts on that, or should I jump out, take a quick break here, and come back with this uh, remarkable, <laughs> this Trump tweet that occurred in the middle of the hearing?
4: Uh, I uh, think it's a good segue to okay. that. Actually, I think um, what, what Desi just said because that's really kind of gets to the heart of what what's going on yeah. uh, with uh, with the president and this, this witness.
1: All right. Well, let me do that then. Let me take a quick break here. We'll come back uh, more with Heather Digby-Parton on our special broadcast impeachment hearing coverage. Uh, and we'll get to this uh, remarkable moment that seems to have just added perhaps another article of impeachment for Donald Trump as he tweeted, in the middle of the hearings, seemingly to uh, threaten the very witness who was testifying before Congress. Take a quick break, and we'll be back with that audio, more with Heather Digby-Parton and Desi Doyen, and yes, me, Brad Friedman, right here on the broadcast. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves.
2: With mama me,
1: yeah. woman. Mama, let me Donald Trump might like that. Uh, you know, I remember we played that uh, bumper music uh, during the Bush years when uh, <laughs> for Cindy Sheehan when he oh, was yeah. trying to have her stay away from him. And I'm sure Donald Trump would love if Marie Yovanovitch at this point would stay away from him. Welcome back to the broadcast, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Our special coverage of the ongoing impeachment hearings in the U.S. House Intelligence Committee of one Donald J. Trump uh, with the great Heather Digby Parton of Salon and the delightful Desi Doyen of the Bradcast <laughs> uh, covering the, uh, as I've said, riveting testimony from Ambassador Marie Masha Yovanovitch, uh, U.S.'s Ambassador to Ukraine, who was unceremoniously dumped with no reason given after being smeared by the Trump, by the White House, by Team Trump and uh, Rudy Giuliani. And uh, yes, some of the uh, corrupt ousted officials in Ukraine who smeared her and moved her out because they thought she was, I guess, too anti-corruption. For the likes of the Trumps. Uh, So Heather, even as Yovanovitch was in the middle of answering questions from the uh, Democratic impeachment investigators uh, about feeling threatened by the president and his allies. Remember, she was told to catch the next plane out of Ukraine when she was told that she was uh, uh, being removed. Um, Even while she was testifying about this, she appears to have been threatened in real time on Twitter. By the president of the United States, uh, at one point, uh, Chairman Schiff sort of interrupted the questioning by uh, Majority Counsel uh, Dan Goldman, I think is his name. Yes. Uh, to read a tweet that had just been posted on Twitter, attacking Ivanovich in real time during her testimony. Let me play this extended uh, segment and get your thoughts on it, Heather.
5: Mr. Yovanovitch, uh, as we sit here testifying, the president is attacking you on Twitter. Um, and I'd like to give you a chance to respond. I'll read part of one of his tweets. Everywhere Marie Yovanovitch went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Uh, he goes on to say uh, later in the tweet, is a U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors? First of all, uh, Ambassador Ivanovitch, the Senate has a chance to confirm or deny an ambassador, do they not?
0: Yes, advise and consent.
5: But would you like to respond to the president's attack that everywhere you went turned bad?
0: Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have such powers, uh, not in Mogadishu, Somalia, Somalia, not in other places. I actually think that um, where I've served over the years, um, I and others have demonstrably um, made things better you know, for the U.S. as well as for the countries uh, that I've served in. Uh, Ukraine, for example, where there are huge challenges, including, you know, on the issue that we're discussing today of, of corruption. Huge challenges. But they've made a lot of progress since 2014, including in the years that I was there. And I think, in part, uh, I mean, the Ukrainian people get the most um, the most credit for that. But a part of that credit goes to the work of the United States and um, and to me as the ambassador in in the United um, in Ukraine.
5: Ambassador, um, you've shown the courage to come forward today and testify, notwithstanding the fact you were urged by the White House or State Department not to. Notwithstanding the fact that, as you testified earlier. The president implicitly threatened you in that call record. And now the president in real time is attacking you. What effect do you think that has on other witnesses' willingness to come forward and expose wrongdoing?
0: Well, uh, it's very intimidating.
5: It's designed to intimidate, is it not?
0: I mean, I can't speak to what the president is trying to do, but I think the effect is to be intimidating.
5: Well, I want to let you know, Ambassador, that some of us here take witness intimidation very, very seriously.
1: That was uh, Chairman Adam Schiff, a former prosecutor himself, uh, citing Donald Trump's tweet during uh, Ivanovich's testimony as uh, witness uh, 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 intimidation. Uh, and that tweet again was, uh, 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 quote, everywhere Marie Ivanovich went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Then fast forward to Ukraine, where the new Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her second phone call. With him, Heather Digby Pardon, what should we learn from that extraordinary interruption uh, to the <laughs> hearing on Friday?
4: Well, it, I was really surprised. I thought that that uh, that you know Trump's attorneys and advisors had wisely told him, do not, don't speak during this about this. It's not a good idea. Just let it alone, and later you can do you know do your thing. But just you know keep quiet about this because he hadn't done that. So much the other day he was meeting with the Turkish President and what have you uh, first of all, just to to clear one thing up to anybody who heard that or read that tweet or mm-hmm. thought he said that the new Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her in his second phone call with him. that's the famous call mm-hmm. that we've all seen the transcript. The, the Ukrainian president says specifically in there, "You told me how yeah. bad this ambassador was." Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't bring it up. And he just sort of saying, "Well, you know, thanks for the heads up about your terrible ambassador." In other words, Trump had been stabbing her in the back to the Ukrainian president, and had done so before that phone call. Um, and in fact, mm-hmm. you know, Trump released another another transcript um, on Friday morning, which it turns out the readout of that that phone call mm-hmm. the earlier readout didn't mention it, it said in it that they had talked about corruption and this was a big topic in the in the transcript that they released there's nothing about that so Trump the, hadn't been talking about corruption with this guy uh, other than the Biden you know the so-called Biden corruption in,
1: in the second call that he made <laughs> he didn't talk about corruption at all in the first call that they released as you say today and you're right. There's because that was another strange thing about that in his, um, you know, he's, he's claims that uh, Zelensky s- thanked him for telling him about Yovanovich being a problem. Um, that's the actual text, uh, I think, from, uh, let's see, it was great that you were the first one who told me that she was a bad <laughs> ambassador. But in that first call, at least the uh, supposed. Uh, transcript they released today, he doesn't say anything about Marie Yovanovitch being a bad ambassador. So unless I'm missing something here, was there either more to that first phone call that they did not release today? Or is there another uh, sec- second secret conversation that we don't even know about between Trump and Zelensky?
4: Well, yeah, we don't know, um, and of course, it, you know, that does raise the question. That I'm sure people are going to be asking about that. And, you know, as far as the the wit, the mm-hmm. intimidation of Marie Yovanovitch, yeah. I mean, it's clear. In fact, in her earlier transcript, she had said that she was, you know, quite stunned when she read that transcript of the call, the the second call, uh, and she she didn't know about that until we did. I mean, she read it at the same time, but right. she sees in there that Trump says about her that you know, she was a bad she was a bad actor or whatever. Bad
1: and, news, bad news, bad woman. news and yeah. she's a
4: bad news woman and um, you know, she's gonna go through some things, he promises Zelensky, which is something a mob boss would say. It's horrifying. I mean it really implies that he was gonna do something bad to her. Yeah. And so she reads this and she said that she testified um in her you know, in the hearing that, you know, she was with someone when she read it And the color dropped out of her face That she had a physical reaction to it And I would, too I mean, I think anybody would You're, You hear the President of the United States The most powerful man in the world Promise a foreign leader Hey, don't worry, you know, she's going to go through some things Bad, th- like yeah Very sexy. scary Yeah, you know, really scary So then what happens? She gives, She she's brave enough Even after that, you know I mean, you read that and you kind of go Hmm, maybe I ought to You know, I wouldn't blame anybody for saying You know what, life is short right. I, I, I don't, you know, do I really need to, you know, get myself into this. I have she kids, had an stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you hear stuff like that, and, you know, it's understandable that mm-hmm. somebody goes, you know, whoa, I, I don't think I want to go any further here, and she had an out, because, you know, they said to any of these government employees, we don't want you to testify, right. she could, and, and many have, said, right. well, never mind, yeah. I'm not going to do it, and all of that is wending its way through courts and various things, but, you know, she did not have to come forward, and, and she was subpoenaed, but... Others are, uh, you know, ignoring subpoenas. She could have too, and she didn't. She has come forward. She was brave enough to do this. Comes up there, sits there by herself in front of this, you know, this <laughs> panel of, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, in being inquisitors. And what happens, as she's testifying, the president does it again and comes out, and he's smearing this woman's reputation. I mean, she's a 33-year employee of the State Department, a highly respected professional person. And he's in there smearing her and once again kind of saying, hey, you know, yeah, go ahead, keep going there, Marie. You know, uh, (laughs) you're going to go through some things. I mean, that's pretty much what, what he was doing as she was testifying, it's very much like that godfather thing, right? Where mm-hmm. they bring in the brother-in-law to sit there and, yeah. and sit in the back and, you know, kind of go, you know, do you understand what we're talking about here? I mean, this, right. is, this is that kind of witness intimidation. He, he is like a mob boss. And he, uh, he apparently doesn't, either doesn't understand this or doesn't care because, you know, his response was, well, I have freedom of speech, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. We, uh,
1: yeah, we have, you have freedom of speech, you don't have uh, freedom of witness intimidation, <laughs> witness right. tampering. That's not
4: in the Constitution. Right. I have not
1: seen that one. Yeah. I, I mean, he's al- Trump has always been a thug, but yeah. i got to tell you, today's series of events sort of happening while everybody was watching uh, kind of underscored how much this guy really now feels like a third world strongman i mean you know kinda like erdogan from turkey who was in here just the other day uh... you know uh, on wednesday uh... threatening witnesses intimidating witnesses while they are testifying i mean and not to mention she is still a sitting employed yeah. senior diplomat in the u.s uh, foreign service uh... Corps.
4: absolutely i mean i think it's pretty clear that he feels You know, and he has obviously felt emboldened. I mean, to the extent that he, you know, we've talked before about how you can draw lines between this Ukrainian, um, you know, plot that Mm -hmm. they had, and the earlier um, collusion that went on during the the Russia investigation, and we talked about it when we were talking about Roger Stone, how there really was collusion. I think what happened is that, you know, when he saw that the Mueller investigation, that that whole thing kind of landed with a thud for a variety of reasons, which we have discussed, um that, you know, he really felt like he didn't, you know, he it's no holds barred. He could do what he wanted to do, which is why this Ukrainian thing just, you know, it took off right about the same time that the Mueller, the Mueller report dropped. And, you know, and he also felt he had a friend in the Justice Department with William Barr, which he does. And that, you know, he had a lot more latitude and he could do it. That he can't use the excuse he didn't know that this was illegal or unethical because the Russia investigation gave everyone in the country a primer
2: mm-hmm. on, on
4: ethics in this. So he knows, and he knows very well that what he was doing was wrong, hence all the lying and the secrets and everything. But he figured he could just do it, and so he did.
1: uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell of uh, California described Trump's behavior today uh, using a legal phrase, consciousness of guilt. No Uh, The fact that, you know, and that this would be used against him if it was a court of law, and thus in theory in these impeachment proceedings, that yes, he knows what he is doing is wrong, and he's doing it, Anyway, and that this tweet sort of reveals that uh, near the end of the uh, of the hearing on Friday, uh, Congressman Swalwell had this uh, this exchange with Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch uh, in which she seemed to say, look, uh, I've been through a lot, but I'm, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to be intimidated by this.
0: He smeared you when you were in Ukraine. He smeared you on that phone call with President Zelensky on July 25. He is smearing you right now as you are testifying. Ambassador Yovanovitch, are the president's smears going to stop you from fighting corruption? Well, I will continue with my work. And if your country asks you again to fight corruption, will you still do that despite the smears? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes, I will. I I, I mean, uh, she is not being cowed by them. And you got to give her a whole lot of credit. How much it ends up playing into the uh, ultimate articles of impeachment, I don't know. But if we're looking at these characters and, you know, seeing at this very same time, uh, Roger Stone, uh, you know, we're getting a seven uh, guilty uh, counts at the very same time that all of this is going on. These people that Donald Trump was palling around with, bunch of them in jail. New report from Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal that uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani is under personal criminal investigation because he was trying to pull off some, yes, natural gas scheme in Ukraine that will probably end up being at the heart of this. I mean, if you have to pick sides from these two people, uh, you know, I just wonder, uh does that message get out? But I guess there's no way of telling, you know, the the uh, some of the Republicans were insisting that support for impeachment is going to go down through these hearings. Uh, Either of you two, Desi Doyen or um, Heather, (laughs) agree with that or have any feeling about that one way or another? I'll jump
3: in and say no, I don't think so. I think the more that this gets talked about, the more that it stays in the news media, because they have to cover it, the more the public hears about it, the more it sounds like it's an important thing.
4: I agree. And I think at that point, you know, you're going to find, I mean, sure, there's this hardcore you know, Trump cult out there, and they're not going to change their minds, they're watching Fox News, and they're on uh, on Fox, they're just insulting the witnesses' looks, and talking about, say, calling them nerds, and mm-hmm. you know, totally, you know, just being sophomoric, you know, bullies, essentially. But for the majority of the country, you know, as this unfolds, and I think it's, you know, we're, we're avoiding the circus to a, a much greater degree than I would have predicted uh, in the hearings so far um so you far. know i think yeah i mean i i, I can't say i don't yeah. you know i am beyond predicting the future but uh so far it's uh it, it seems to be a you know it's a very serious and sober um kind of event and i think that you know as they go on and lay out this case and i just have to say that the prosecutors everybody on all the tv prosecutors including by the way uh andrew weissman who was one of the top prosecutors On the during the Mueller investigation Mm -hmm. is now on MSNBC talking. He's not talking about Mueller, but he's talking about the rest. So I find that really fascinating. But in any case, uh, he along with all the others have said, "Look, these witnesses are really they are they are dream witnesses because Mm -hmm. they just don't seem to have any kind of partisan agenda. Their their you know credentials are impeccable." And they are all, you know, highly you know, mature, sober professionals giving, you know, this information, which is it's everything you would, could possibly ask for in a witness.
1: That is the highly mature, sober professional, Heather Digby-Parton <laughs> of Salon.com. Not me. And, oh, yes, you are. I've met you in person. Very sober. <laughs> well,
2: uh, mature
4: anyway. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you can find her work at Salon and, of course, Digby's blog, com, and on the Twitters at digby56 as she continues to uh, help us wade through this muck that is the Donald Trump impeachment hearing. Uh, I suspect we'll be talking to you more again in the coming days. Heather, really appreciate you joining us.
4: <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks. Okay, we gotta get out. <laughs> yes. Real quick, my thanks to our producer Desi Doy, and of course to Heather Digby Pardon and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. We hope we have enlightened you somehow. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email, I am bradcast at bradblog.com, and I hope you will find me and follow and share me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the BradBlog and as ever. Our thanks to those of you who stopped by with much needed help at bradblog.com slash donate. All right. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.